Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is the Roy Green Show with special guest host Alex Pearson on the Chorus Radio Network. Green here. Great to be with you on this Saturday. He, of course, will be back with you next Saturday, so it's nice uh, that I get a chance to have a conversation across this country. Um, if you're, the, you know, one of the millions, few millions of supporters for Donald Trump, then I guess you belong in a quote basket of deplorables. Yep, that's what Hillary Clinton told an audience in New York. It was a big fundraising event held by Barbara Streisand. So that's where Hillary Clinton decided to call Trump supporters pretty much every name in the book. Take a listen for yourself. We are living in a volatile political environment. You know, to just be grossly generalistic, you could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. (laughs) Right? The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. And unfortunately, there are people like that. And he has lifted them up. Yep. Basket of deplorables. Yep. We're talking average middle class Americans, teachers, emergency workers, veterans, union workers. Clinton classified millions of middle class Americans irredeemable, not American. So while it was very funny to the American elite, the Hollywood rich folks in that room, it played very big. It will not with the average American. I say that this is indeed her Mitt Romney 47 percent moment. And she quickly apologized. Oh, yes, she 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 didn't mean to say it quite like that. That's what she's saying now. I mean, if Donald Trump is so god-awful, then why isn't Hillary Clinton soaring in the polls? She's already lost her lead. They're tied. All she's doing now is defending herself, defending herself for all the corruption. She's accused of things like treason, lying, all those emails she erased. She erased. I mean, take a look to this brutally blunt question from a Navy yet at the Commander-in-Chief Forum that took place on Thursday night. As a naval flight officer, I held a top-secret, sensitive, compartmentalized information uh, clearance, and that provided me access to materials and information highly sensitive to our warfighting capabilities. Had I communicated this information not following prescribed protocols, I would have been prosecuted and imprisoned. Secretary Clinton, how can you expect those such as myself, who were and are entrusted with America's most sensitive information, to have any confidence in your leadership as president when you clearly corrupted our national security? Ouch. Trust is a a big issue for Clinton. I mean, a lot of critics believe those emails linked to the Clinton Foundation. Don't know what that is? Well, it's an initiative set up by Bill and Hill 
on this premise of charity, helping those in need. It could be the Haiti, uh, where the Haiti natural disaster destroyed the country, or money for HIV-AIDS in third world countries. Millions raised for that. But the money never got to those, in fact. The checks and balances just don't add up. And now in recent weeks, it's been revealed that the foundation operated as a scheme of pay-to-play, with hundreds of millions given to donors, and mostly from countries like, you know, Saudi Arabia, where feminism isn't all the rage, as this feminist-type presidential hopeful claims. I mean, she's made all this money, and she did so while the Secretary of State, my next guest calls it a charity fraud of epic proportions. Charles Ortel joins me now. He is a Wall Street analyst who specializes in covering financial discrepancies in things like the Clinton Foundation, and he's one of the main whistleblowers of the foundation. Good to have you, sir. Thank you, Alex, for having me on. All right, I got to start with uh, what happened last night before we get into all the Clinton Foundation. So, will the basket of deplorables comment cost Hillary Clinton? I think it's an enormous mistake. You know, right now here in New York City, where I am, uh, we have the U.S. Open going on. And when I was a kid, I, I never played at that level, but I liked to play tennis. And you learn when you play it hard that you can often win against an opponent who, you know, just blows the match. And I think Hillary blew the match. I mean, the problem here in this country and maybe in Canada is that, you know, nothing seems to have worked to get the economy back on a growth track, right? It was soaring when Bill Clinton was president for a while. Then the bubble blew up. But really, since about 2000, nothing, whether it's lowering interest rates, deficit spending, and everybody who's working in the real world, not in this fantasy world where politicians and elites all meet, you know, and congratulate one, one another for being smart, uh, but in the real world where people are trying to put foot on the, food on the table, competing against machines that are replacing them, um, you know, work, working with everyday problems, unable to save money, worried about a financial crash, worried that their children get drafted into some stupid war somewhere. Uh, in that real world, People understand that there are vexing problems because they see them every day in their lives. And they're different approaches. They're the old school, you know, Marxists who unfortunately now teach and are professors and run foundations around the world, you know, who try to shape public opinion to, to you know, get us to suck up to even more big, unaccountable government. There are people like that, and those are the Clintons and their elites. There are people, to be fair, in the bush wing of the, of the Republican Party who want the same thing but a different approach with government. And, you know, to make anything happen uh, in 2017 going forward, you're going to have to work together. And the, what she did with that comment, which was what she really believes, is signal not only that she, look, she believes that a large – we're not talking about two people here – 25% of Trump supporters, which are, let's say, half the country, half mm -hmm. the, well, that's a lot of people, are in her mind – you know, half of the Trump supporters, 25% of the voting people in this country, are, quote, irredeemable and worthy of persecution. You're supposed to have an intervention. This tells us what this lady will do with her team, you know, of Bill Clinton and the families and the henchmen and the cronies, that we know what they do when they get in the White House. We know what they tried last time. Sure, but look, not a lot sticks to Hillary Clinton. I mean, she's not Bill Clinton, so she can't write off of that popularity. Hillary has different issues, um, even different issues than Barack Obama. A lot of people just, they'll vote for her, they'll hold their nose voting for her, but they don't like her. She's not a likable person. 
Well, again, I, I agree with you, but I mean, let's let's t- think about that a little bit. Here I am in New York, and I think I know the situation. I'm not a political expert, but I know you know New York reasonably well. And you know, she holds out the fact. Her her thesis is the following: because I was elected a senator in New York, where you could actually, if you put it, slap a Democrat against any Republican, you could probably elect a dead person <laughs> with a Democrat against any Republican mm-hmm. in this state because there's so many Democrats. Sure. Her argument is that because she won senator and was reelected that the public has the public knows about her past and they've given her an a let's move on they that's just a ridiculous argument no because she's running on the policies of the last administration and they're terrible policies that have hurt the country in not just economically but militarily i mean the the united states is not a country i now recognize anymore and i think a lot of americans are looking at it and that's why they're turning to trump right and it's not, you know, for her to allege, I mean, it's the oldest playbook, and it's a sad playbook. It's the kind of playbook, frankly, that Democrats used in the South um, mm-hmm. for decades. But to, to say that if you don't support Hillary Clinton, then you're obviously a racist, that's outrageous comments. Yeah, and that was one that Bill Clinton had made in a speech just a couple of days. He said, you know, to, to, to say the quote, to make America great, would make you a racist. And... Uh, you know, remember, remember what happened. I'll refresh everyone's recollection that in 2008, uh, Bill Clinton approached Ted Kennedy and referred to Barack Obama and said it's all a fantasy and that, you know, 10 or 20 years ago, this guy would be fetching us coffee. That's a quote from Bill Clinton. And that quote so enraged Ted Kennedy, not somebody I terribly admire, but so enraged Ted Kennedy that he immediately put the Kennedys behind Obama. I mean, you know, that's you know, that's the way Bill Clinton speaks. And remember the issues of Hillary Clinton in unguarded moments, referring to people of Jewish faith the way she refers to them. Now, this is not somebody who you know has an unblemished record, um, and you know it's just ridiculous. She she, sh- she showed her true colors in a way that should scare the living daylights out of anybody, you know, who is contemplating what life would be like in America and around the world should she get the levers of power. Yeah, because now what's going to happen is we're going to have T-shirts with basket of deplorables. There's going to be memes. There's going to be 24-7 coverage on this one moment, much like what happened to Mitt Romney in the last election when he was caught on tape, essentially saying 47 percent of Americans are welfare bums. Right. I I can tell you, quite frankly, I was just on the phone with I have this good friend, Kathleen Willey. We know about her background. Mm -hmm. She's Mm -hmm. a wonderful human being, persecuted by Hillary Clinton. She's already working on various very amusing Bumper stickers and T-shirts, honk if you're deplorable. I'm deplorable and adorable. I mean, this is going to, you know, if Saturday Night Live, when it gets back in business, I mean, this is going to be one of the epic banana peel moments in politics. It was a horrible, idiotic statement on her part, and she's doubled down. I mean, the campaign immediately doubled down on it. Yeah, they apologized, but it was an apology with a but. Can't walk it back. Yeah, it's quite something. I wasn't expecting that I would have that to talk about with you today, but I'm glad uh, that I had you on today to be able to, you know, get the sense of how it's playing uh, on the other side of the border. But what we are going to talk about is why you call the Clinton Foundation, which I think most people have heard about now, but really kind of just say, huh, I don't really understand it. But you do call it a charity fraud of epic proportions. And I want to get into that after this quick break, uh, but we'll talk about what you you have uncovered and why it really is starting to, I think, spin out of control for Hillary Clinton. We're talking to Charles Ortel. He'll be back with us after this quick break here. You're listening to The Roy Green Show. I'm Alex Pearson. You're listening to The Chorus Network. 
If it's happening in our community or around the world, she has an opinion on it. This is the Roy Green Show with special guest host Alex Pearson on the Chorus Radio Network. to the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network, and we're talking about why my next guest calls the Clinton Foundation a charity, a charity fraud of epic proportions. Charles Ortel joins me. Uh, he is in New York. But you're a Wall Street analyst who spent a lot of time um, looking at the discrepancies of this foundation, and, and you also worked and uncovered the General Electric, uh, you know, just for background for people on, on the issues that was facing that massive company. But you spent a lot of time looking through the Clinton Foundation, and I think most people have heard of it, but don't really understand why this particular foundation is coming under fire. Can you kind of break it down quickly so people have an idea? Sure. Uh, In America, a foundation is uh, a special type of vehicle. In this case, it's a federally tax-exempt organization, which means its purposes must be spelled out in an application that anybody, any person in America is allowed to see. And that, the purpose, the only authorized purposes for this foundation by the IRS were to be a Little Rock, Arkansas-based presidential archive and research facility focused on the historical years of the Clinton presidency. That's crystal clear from the, from the documents, the application. Uh, in that application, you have to lay out, you know, you have to characterize, explain to the IRS what your purposes are. And there's a, if you're going to be doing international work, you have to fill in code 910 on the application. They did not fill that in. So they, they immediately, to, to, you know, to determine that whether a foundation is a legitimate one or not, it must at all times be organized lawfully and operate lawfully. Mm-hmm. If you break either one of those, if you're not organized lawfully or you're not operating lawfully, you're, you can have your license retroactively revoked. And so there's a risk for donors uh, when you donate to a foundation that is you know, in this kind of place. Um, at any time in, in the future, there's no statute of limitations here. The IRS can go back, should a Donald Trump win, for example, and revoke the license of this charity back to the date where there was an infraction. Now, I would argue that it was uh, illegally created on the date it was organized, 23 October 1997. But let's take a less, less tough case and say certainly by July 12, 2002, when it began in theory to fight HIV-AIDS, um, which was not an authorized purpose, and they didn't, by bills of admission, have the people to do that, uh, U.S. charities have special rules. If you want to operate internationally, your activities must be at all times tightly controlled from a U.S. base. So Bill has admitted that he was in violation of the law in a book that he wrote in September of 2007. And there have been multiple statements. There was an article written where Ira Magaziner was quoted in 2007 stating, this is not a charity. Right. And let me just break it down because... You know, Haiti, for example, where 200,000 people were were wiped out by an earthquake, you know, millions was raised by the Clinton Foundation to help Haitians, and that money didn't make it. So there's a lot of questions and allegations that the money raised may have gone to help, uh, you know, political aspirations of Miss Hillary Clinton. And certainly the accusations have been made as Secretary of State that there were some rogue nations, Saudi Arabia being one of them, and, 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 and people getting access to the Secretary of State.
like through this foundation, it's called pay to play. So it's been really plaguing her in the election. But it's it's not some conspiracy theory, as some would have have us believe. Not at all. I mean, you see, the simple way to look at this is charities must have independent trustees. This has never had independent trustees. And charities in the United States of this size, actually much smaller and up, 500,000 in revenues and up, have to get a real audit. And there are rules in this country about what constitutes a real audit. You have to have a cash flow statement. You have to have footnotes. You have to have all sorts of things. And the statements have to be consistently prepared. No part of the Clinton Foundation has ever actually procured a legally compliant audit. All right, which means that the trustees, in my view, are guilty of gross negligence and reckless misconduct. A story has just crossed the wires that DLA Piper, the law firm that supposedly independently cleared the Clinton Foundation on November 16, 2015, turns out to have a connection to James Comey, the FBI mm-hmm. director. And it also is the same law firm that did work for Laureate. It's Laureate, you know, which has paid Bill Clinton $17.6 million and Hillary Clinton while she was Secretary of State that is not disclosed even now in the Clinton Foundation filing. So yeah. you can look at this in a heartbeat if you have any experience and know that certainly from July 12, 2002 forward, this is a complete fraud, which means that the joint venture with Mr. Frank Joostra is also a fraud. Yeah, we don't have a lot of time left, but look, I know that, that there are many that would like to indict uh, that Hillary Clinton on this, but I don't get the sense that that is going to happen. The the DOJ, the the, the Justice of Department has already excused it. The FBI has kind of turned its nose up at it. Uh, but the bottom line is that Congress has the tools to impeach Hillary Clinton. So, you know, it's very feasible. If she wins the presidency, she could be impeached because of this foundation, no? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Governments, you know, with many resources here, remember that any attorney general in any of the 50 states can go after these. Any in a foreign country, you can launch an investigation. And once you do that, there is an immediate ripple effect across the whole system here. So I am calling and have been calling now publicly for a conservator to be appointed over this, which the attorney general has the absolute right to do in Arkansas, and that all fundraising for the foundation anywhere in the world needs to cease immediately until a real audit from the beginning to the present is produced. And I've been demanding this, and I've, I've spent time with the House of Representatives, and I've spent time with the Senate, and I'm spending time with governments. After, I reached out to your government mm-hmm. and other governments, and I can't predict what's going to happen when, but I can tell you this is a question of fact, and it will be settled by a real inquiry, not political promises and not ridiculous statements about who's deplorable and who isn't deplorable. Yeah. It's a question of fact. Charles? I wish we had more time. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Charles Lortel has been working on this for an awful awful long time, and we could literally spend an hour on it, but uh, we just don't have the kind of time. But I would urge you, if you want to learn more about it, there is a documentary on YouTube. It won't cost you anything. It's called Clinton Cash. And put the partisanship aside, but it will kind of unveil what I think is a pretty um, nasty and ugly uh, you know, as Charles has described it, it is not what it appears. And yes, the Canadian government and the taxpayers of this country have given to this foundation. So where did the money go? Always follow the dollar. I'm Alex Pearson. You're listening to The Roy Green Show. A quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Chorus Radio Network. <laughs> 